Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest this week is the rap legend E-40. If you're from the Bay Area, like I am, you know him as one of, if not the greatest, cultural forces in music of the region, certainly in hip-hop. He became that way because of an utterly unique style. Here's one of his first breakout singles, Rapper's Ball. I'll put my back in. Never been aside, and I was having the R E I D way before this rap game. Who I've been tapped, thought you crazy for chasing blues member Earl Bratton nailed him. E forty named himself the ambassador of the Bay. That's what he is. He was born and raised in the small town of Vallejo in the East Bay, and he's brought the culture of the Bay Area to the world. Gramsci would have called him an organic intellectual, fiercely independent, and unlike anyone or anything else. Reminds me of the Bay Area itself. Forty's distinctive style overflows with language. His bars are stuffed to the gills with words both real and imagined. He's hip-hop's king of slang, and he's a stylist without peer. He's also spent his career at the forefront of independent music, building a rap empire that changed the way that records were made and sold in hip-hop and beyond. He is both an artist and of movement. His distinctiveness has kept him relevant for three decades now, from mob music in the 1990s to hyphy slaps in the aughts to new records today. His themes are simple, hustling, street life, a little bit of wisdom, and a lot of money making. Look at the way I'm winning. Look at this liquid around my neck. Look how they shimmer. Look at this strand I'm smoking. Look at this bottle I'm holding. Look at my life. Look how I'm planning to feel like I'm rolling the dice up under the When E40 and I talked in 2019, he just released a new record called Practice Makes Paper. Great title. Lately, he has joined Too Short, Snoop Dogg, and Ice Cube to form a West Coast supergroup called Mount Westmore. Their first ever LP just came out a few weeks ago. Here's a single, Big Subwoofer. E-40, welcome to Bullseye. It's so great to have you on the show. All right, thank you. Thank you for uh, uh, having me on here, man. Um, I, am, I am thrilled. I'm a native San Franciscan, so I've been a fan since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. So very happy many to moons, have you Many moons, many moons, man. Absolutely. Since he was ankle low to a centipede's toe. Absolutely. <laughs> right on. I appreciate you. So when I was a kid, Vallejo, where you're from, was basically Marine World Africa, USA to me. The aquatic theme park. Mm-hmm. And that was about all I knew. What did you, what was Vallejo to you when you were a kid? When I was a kid, it was uh, Dan Foley Park. It was uh, the waterfront. It was Wilson Park baseball it was lemon street park football practices it was 
Corpus Field football games with all the high school football teams. It was um, Blue Rock Springs. It was uh, unity over separation, so much love, and it made me, it molded me, it made me become a goat in the game, and I'm grateful and thankful. Were you proud as a kid to be from Vallejo? Oh, you know, I definitely never denied where my soil was from. It's just we had to work harder than most because we were a small city with about eight or nine exits at the time, and uh, we had to prove ourselves to the rest of the Yay area, to, uh, you know, Oakland, to Frisco, to, you know what I'm saying, all the other soils, bigger cities that was uh, from the Bay Area, you know? Yeah, I mean, Vallejo had a pretty proud music history, even just when you were a kid. You were born in the mid-'60s, and, you know, Sly Stone is from Vallejo, Confunction were from Vallejo, uh, John, I didn't know Johnny Otis was from Vallejo until I just happened to look it up earlier today. But there was <laughs> there was all this there was all this pride in Vallejo. Your uncle was a was a professional musician as well. You know his name? Yes, I do know his name. What's but, his handle? But only because I only because I wrote it down. I know that you knew him as Uncle Chucky, uh, but he was known as Saint Charles. That's right. St. Charles is my uncle and uh, my mama's brother. Same last name, same mama, same daddy. I grew up as a young, ambitious, curious young man. Loved music, played the drums uh, when I was uh, in the fourth grade and uh, played all the way to high school. Uh, That was one of the only sources of music. They didn't have Pro Tools and Logic and all that good stuff. So I used to always holler at my uncle Chucky. I said, "Uncle Chucky, Uncle Chucky, I want to make I want to make a record." So as I got older, me and my brother D shot and be legit. We found a few dollars and went ahead and put it into the thing and uh, bought some CDs, you know, and uh, pressing them up at a uh, Rainbow Records. Made it, made it out, made an EP, and it was a great, it was a great EP. It was, but we knew we needed to do. What we came in the game to do, we really, what we really signed up to do, and that was to spit LRPs. You know what I'm saying? You know, speak our life, um, to talk about, you know, to narrate, to become a narrator, to narrate the soil, to narrate the activities that's jumping off. I want to play your uncle's record, if you don't mind. Your uncle had a 45 out, R&B 45. Oh my God! Please don't tell me you got that, bro. This was it rock called... me in my arms. Yeah, exactly. Play that, because if you play that, it's going to make me tear up. And I'll tell you why. Because I was so happy for my uncle. Like, I was a little kid, and he'd pull up in Millersville, and he'd have those those in his in the back of his He had a Cadillac. It wasn't no super bad Cadillac. It was just a clean Cadillac. And I just remember having that. You know, it's like, man, that's my uncle. It was just like, and I, and I know those lyrics. I know the hook. You know what I mean? You want me to sing it before you even say it? Let's hear it. Rock me in your arms, and I want to feel your love. Come on, one more time, one more time. For the good times, for the good times, yeah. You feel me? Let's go. Bye. 
you know, it just meant so much to me, you know. We had a famous person. He, he might not have been worldwide famous with it, but he made worldwide famous people, people like myself, JT the Bigger Figure, you know, and he taught me life lessons. He taught me how to go get a, a, a bank account. Go over here. Let's go get this bank account. Let's show you how he showed me. He taught me how to about purchase orders, invoices, everything. He was like, you know, an uncle is like a second dad. That's what he was to me. And that's what he is right now to this day. I didn't know until I started reading for this interview. And I, I've been a fan of yours for, for decades. But uh, I didn't know until I started reading for this interview that you went to college. Um, I think it's for, you know, it's still relatively unusual for MCs. But certainly for MCs of your generation, there weren't that many dudes who had gone to college. You went to Grambling. Um, tell me how you ended up uh, going away to school. So one day, so you gotta stand. My cousin be legit, you know. He not just my he not just my family, but he like my best friend in the world. So everything he did, I did. That's we you you know we we did the same thing. We played ball together. We slid out through the traffic together. You know what I'm saying? We you know what I'm saying it's like when you see B, you gonna see me. If you see me, you gonna see B. We we on Magazine Street one day, and he was like he hit me with the he hit me with one of the ones. He just. Uh yeah, in a couple of months I'm about to head out to uh college. I said, Oh, for real? Okay, cool, cool. Where you headed? Louisiana. I said, Louisiana? What the hell? Louisiana? He said, Yeah, uh Grammar State University. I said, Hold on, Grammar State University, you finna leave in a couple of months or something like that? He said, Yeah, I gotta go, man. Ooh, I said, Man, I'm I, hmm. I talked to my mom. I said, I'm I'm going too. I need to get up there too. <laughs> Cause you know, at that time, uh, you know, life was moving fast. You know, I was 17 and a half, something like that, almost 18. So I went and got my transcript and everything from uh, from uh, from Hogan High School, and I made it in by the hair of my chinny chin chin. We went, we we uh ended up doing music as we was out while we was out there. Do you remember any of the verses that you wrote back then? Um, let me see. I gotta remember that it was so many years. You gotta remember it was this was 1986, brother. It was 1986. You can Google it. You know what? You can punch in E40 in the click, or you can put E40 Be Legit Grambling State University uh, Remake School Alma Mater, because we feel like we remade the school Alma Mater. Grambling University. Grambling University. Grambling University. Grambling University. GSU. It's the school. But we come to learn. Not to be cool. Hey, if you just believe. Now there's no other school, no other grade. Then the dear old grammar state. And that's Grambling University. Grambling University. Grambling University. Grambling University. That's awesome. Hey, so look, so we entered that. So we we saw that song at a talent show at Gremlin. And we won, bro. We run, we won the whole talent show. When we walked out, we were signing autographs on campus. 19, the fall of 86, 87, good brother. And you came home to Vallejo and basically just got in the studio and started making records. When we got in the studio, didn't waste no time, put our, put our you know, put our foot on the gas and went in. We we made a record uh, called MVP Most Valuable Players. It was me, D. Shot, B. Legit, Sugar T. You know, uh, 
that, you know, a lot of times your first record just don't make it. You know what I'm saying? So we just kept throwing at the wall. If you hit at the wall, eventually it's going to stick. We have so much more to get into. Stay with us. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Welcome back to Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. If you're just joining us, my guest is E-40. He's one of the most influential rappers of all time, a Bay Area legend. His hits include Tell Me When to Go, Snap Your Fingers, You and That, tons of unforgettable features on many legendary records. And a few weeks ago, he released a collaborative album with Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, and Too Short. Their supergroup is called Mount Westmore. Let's get back into my conversation with E-40. Let's hear a little bit of an early E-40 record. This is Mr. Flamboyant. As a youngster, I never knew Nathan. That disobedient challenge in neighborhood, you know the one of places was always chasing. Straight down and dirty for my props. Eleven years old, extra manish, hard-headed, shining rocks. I killed a cowboy oversized toy that was hella bigger than me. Prettiest thing I've ever seen in 1979 AR-15. Clean. Fully automatic in the whole killer kit. It's part of me walking up and down the street, supposed to be pointing fingers, telling my partner got a grip. Actually, what I was doing was protect my people's million dollar spots. It was my duty, I got paid to guard the whole mother. Try to catch me if you can out that I'm a grown man, though. The man like I stashed away, people are never nuts to flam. I came in here on business. I came here on business. You learned from your uncle the basics of the record business and found a, a one-stop shop that could print your records for you and distribute them. What were you doing to sell them before you signed your first major label deal in the early 90s? So we had a one-stop, it was called uh, Music People, which was a one-stop distribution company, right? It wasn't my one-stop. It was just a one-stop that all the Bay Area, a lot of the Bay Area rappers, and even people from outside of the Bay Area used to use. And then we also had City Hall Records, which was like our main hub. Back when we did it, we had major bids. All the labels wanted to sign uh, uh, Sick With The Records, E-40 and The Click. They wanted to sign us. We went with Barry Wise, Barry Wise and Jive Records. So I was paid the way my um, deal was designed. Me, I was the top. I was a top hat of the whole sick with the records. So my deal was I was paid on the first two hundred thousand records on a seventy five twenty five. Jive got twenty five percent. They got their twenty five percent fee, and I got seventy five percent. And they couldn't hold a reserve because the two hundred, the first two hundred thousand was designed to already be sold because that's what I was selling already before I, before they had any interest of me. That's a lot of money. 200,000 records is a lot of records to sell on a A record company. That's a guy. Yes, sir. Exactly. You feel what I'm saying? We had one of the best deals, if not the best deal in the game. And my uncle St. Charles designed a system where he was very smart, very smart. He taught me a lot. And he took every, he went from city to he 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 looked into you know he did his due diligence and put together a book and this book it was an address book with all the places that sold hip hop music so what he would do would put together a one sheet with all our information kind of like what you see on Wikipedia but it was a you know it wasn't as long the the, the discography or whatever you know but it would show all the things that we had going it would have a it would have our barcode of how to, you know, the barcode for the CD or cassette at the time, it, you know, and so we would send it out with like five cassettes, 
and he sent that to everything, and he had a major a, a major network, you know. So Master P, and and you know, and JT the bigger figure, those guys like that, you know, and the rest of the Bay Area, they seen how Stick with the Records and Solar Music Group and my uncle St. Charles and, and and Stick with it was doing it. Me and St. Charles, we was the the main guys, you know what I'm saying. And uh, they seen how we got out, and uh, you know they came aboard and got with got with my uncle St. Charles, and um. Hey man, sky's the limit, you know, and made a lot of money and uh, did their thing and became iconic in the game. Very iconic. And uh, I take my hats off to them and I love them dearly. And that's how it all went. Well, you know, JT, the bigger figure, knew what was up because game recognized game. Game recognized game in the Bay, man. Shout out to JT, the bigger figure. Shout out to Mac Maul, legends in the game. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest is rapper E40. I want to play a little bit of what is one of, if not the most iconic Bay Area hip hop records. And it's possible that I, I think that because it came out when I was 14. Yeah. But one of the all time greatest, um, and that's the Bay Ballers remix of the loonies. I got five on it. And every rapper in the Bay was on this record. Every person who was anybody was on this album. Uh, on this track and you have one of the best verses on the whole thing let's take a listen okay why your trick me so bad? Forty makes it happen. Five K slapping revenue gross and just a little bit of lightweight flambos and potent fumes linger. Mighty clouds of northern lights. Respect the victor bearing and you'll be violating my civil rights. I'm starting to feel my skrilla, but perhaps today my skrilla ain't feeling me. For the simple fact that I'm off to the track with hella fools be. Pockets empty, pitching five man, I'm thirsty. Took off my hat, passed it around. Forty, I didn't even have cable. I was watching that video on California Music Channel. After Woo! school. Shout out to Chewy Gomez. <laughs> shout out to Andy Kawanami. Uh, uh, California Music Channel, man. CMC, man. Iconic, you know. Wow. <laughs> but I remember you coming in that video, and there's some, you know, there's some bold looks in that video. You know, Shock G and Humpty Humper in that video. Uh, Drew Spice Down One. is in that video with Drew his Down. hair. You know what I'm talking about? And mm-hmm. you coming in that video with your glasses down your nose. <laughs> Off top, off top, you know, unique to square look, but really a hip square, like gamed up, you know, throw off methods, man. I just look like this, man. You know what I'm saying? You can never know. You can't take me too serious. You can't take me for a joke. I'm a character. This is how I get out. I don't even really wear glasses. I don't wear glasses. I don't need glasses. Not to say that I want in the future. It could be next week. It could be, you know, 10 years from now. It could be 30 years from now. Maybe I'm never wearing them, but. I'm just saying that was a look that we I chose to take on with the glasses hanging on my nose, you know what I'm saying? Reading glasses, and that, that's 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 my look. And then, you know, in the future, you'll see more and more. But that was a look, not just me. The Bay Area is rocking with that look in the 80s. And uh, I utilize it as uh, somebody that, uh, you know, you see me wearing them glasses in the traffic while I'm out there doing my duties, moving around, wiggling. You know, you the, 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 the Elroy's, the Popo, the Penelope's, the... You know what I'm saying? The, the cherries, uh, the one times, I have you the five oh, the twelve, whatever you want to call it. You know what I'm talking about? Uh at that time they was gonna just walk, they was gonna just look look right past me. Cause he oh he, oh, he ain't doing that. He's squared, he in a bucket, he ain't he ain't having it. We ain't even tripping on him. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it was also a look of fashion. It was part of the culture. Um 
And then unfolded like that, man. And uh, that was that. But you played that I got five one. That was legendary and classic. We all did our. We did a great job with that one. I had everybody off the Slurricane Hurricanes. I I had made them personally for them. I was the bartender. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, um so you just gave us Lonies. <laughs> they did it. You just gave us twelve names for the police. I did. I got plenty more. Yeah, I know I'm not surprised to hear that for you. <laughs> um and you know, there's probably some people listening to this right now who are listening on KALW in San Francisco and they 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 know the deal. You know, they listen they listen to KPOO. Yeah. They listen to... Uh, oh, yeah. KPOO, <laughs> I rode on out to the Valley Joe. Man, when Too Short said that, that was so iconic when he said that. I forgot the song, but I said Too Short is my hero. Yeah. I mean, I, I was knows? a young man. I was a young mustache observing his game. You feel me? Who who would know if I was if I would even be in radio today if it wasn't for uh, the music director of KPOO JJ on the radio JJ on the radio shout out to JJ on the radio playing the original playing playing classic soul music from the original forty five RPM recordings authentic. all snap crackles and pops are intentional hello authentic Bay Area iconic platform that. Uh, invited us all. Let's, you know what I mean? But let's let's cut through a little bit of Bay Area slang for people who aren't from the Bay. Um, I'll, I can give you some words and, and you give me a sense of what they mean. Okay. So the first one is uh, Cuddy. Cuddy. Cuddy, that's... Um, I, when I first heard Cuddy, that's from North Vallejo. That's uh, Mac Dre and, uh, you understand me, the, uh, the Romper Room. Uh, you know that that whole side of town that was their thing. That was that's their word. That's their word. That's that's the first time I ever heard them screaming. It they was the Cuddies. We was the Sahabs. You feel me? And that, it's all gravity for sure. What about Fetty? Fetty. That's a uh, that is a Spanish word for Fetia. Uh, I was the first rapper ever screaming it. Fetia is money. You know what I'm talking about? Gouda, Skrilla, paper. Uh, you know, bread, scratch. You know what I'm talking about? I'm going on, on forever, but that's something that I was the first rapper screaming at. You know what I mean? So I can take, um, I can actually really go ahead and, you know, take claim that one right there. Flamboasting? Flamboasting means being flamboyant and boasting at the same time. So you put them both together and you got flamboasting. What about saying sucker free? What does it mean to be sucker free? Sucker free is, you know, continuing to dodge suckers, you know, uh, to shake haters, um, you know, and, uh, you know, st- st- just stay away from suckers. And uh, Sucker Free, I w- whenever I hear Sucker Free, always, always, uh, it always remind me of Frisco because I feel like Frisco, because Frisco gamed up to the whole bay and every region, every city has their own words and stuff that they say. Sucker so, Free City. Sucker Free, that's 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 the skull. That's, that's Frisco, you know what I mean? They Sucker Free. We've got so much more to get into with E-40. He's in his 50s now. He is still making records with producers and MCs less than half his age. Good ones, too. We'll talk about why and how he does it. It's Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. It could happen to you. You're all grown up now, a professional adult with diverse interests and hobbies. And one of those hobbies is video games. You just can't help it. They're so good now. 
If that's you, we're here to tell you, you are completely normal. I'm Maddie Myers. I'm Jason Schreier. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. And together we form Triple Click, a podcast about video games. If you think you might be a person who likes video games, we hope you'll give Triple Click a listen. Triple Click, new episodes every Thursday on Maximum Fun. This is Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest is the great E40. 40, why is it that you, a 50-year-old man, are still making, like, mainstream rap, rap records with dudes that are out right now. Why are you the only person who can pull that off? Man, be legit. We used to always talk about this. Like, man, when we get older, man, we ain't gonna be, we ain't gonna be slacking in our mag. We gonna be gamed up. We gonna, we gonna, we ain't gonna do too much, but we gonna be right there with them, and we know how far we are ahead of time. Because we was always students of the game, and we always would soak up game like a beach towel with all the OGs and whatnot. And we 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 studied it, and and we we practiced being uh, we practiced making paper. We practiced, um, you know, being solid, not solid. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I would say this. I would say that, um, and this not pointing the finger at me like I'm a me me me, like you know what I'm saying this, that, and the third. Because I stay humble. I stay definitely hungry and humble. Believe it or not, man, some people get mad at me for being so humble. They want me to really, you understand me, like stand up and just and and just scream it, man. Like, man, own it, and I do, but I do it in a in a humble way because I feel like humbleness got me all this far. Why not stay humble, you know? And they like, man, dude, come on, man, it's no one your age, no one that has started in the '80s with music on the shelves that stayed relevant all this time consistently. No one in the on the planet. I don't care who it is. I know what I brought to hip hop. I know that I'm steady moving the culture forward, not backwards. You know what I'm saying? And and um, I'm I'm just me, man. But I always promise myself: turn with the times, or the times gonna turn on you. Change with the times, or the times will change on you. But do it in a player fashion, where you know you're still you, but at the same time. You know, you, you're fitting in right with what's going on today. You know what I'm talking about? I told people, even when the hyphy movement came in, man, I didn't get it from a particular person. I got it from my region. That The hyphy movement was the whole Bay Area. It wasn't just uh, one person or anything like that. I just joined in because this is what it was. It just so happened that, uh, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, a legendary guy by Vallejo, you know, from Vallejo, passed away at the time when everything was going great. And I believed that he would be iconic and have millions of dollars and everything if he was alive. It wasn't never a personal issue with him. You know what I'm saying? I, all I did was join in in a movement that was, you know, that was right there in my backyard. I never moved out of the Bay Area. Forty, I can't let you go without you sharing one of these with me. I'm going to do my best. This is my best, Forty. Uh-huh. Ooh. <laughs> Can I tell you where I got that from? Because I always pay homage. Can I tell you where I got that from, bro? Yeah. I'm proud to say it, too. A female rapper, just so happened to her name... Is Sugar T, which is my blood sister, same mama, same daddy. Cause she used to, when she finished sprinkle me, and she just, ooh, you know, 
people coin me for this, but like I, I'm telling you what's real. I got that from my sister Sugar T. Well, 40, I sure appreciate you taking all this time to be on Bullseye. Um, yes, sir. You know, the Bay wouldn't be the Bay without the ambassador. And thank I'm, you. I'm very grateful for everything you've done. And frankly, uh, my career wouldn't be what it was without your example. And that's the wow. truth. That's the truth, Ruth. God bless you, man. Thank you, man. I, I'm very grateful and thankful. E40 from 2019, the greatest. As we mentioned before, his latest album is Mount Westmore, a collaboration with Too Short, Ice Cube, and Snoop Dogg. Let's go out with one more song from the record, Free Game. Free Game, man, you know? What you mean free game? Free game for the F, man, for the free. And I'm talking about I used to sit back and listen to the OGs. You know what I'm saying? The game is to be told, not sold. You understand? Free game. Eager to learn, I paid attention to the protocol. Observed and I watched and sat back just like a fly up on the wall. Soaked the rim like a sponge, or should I say beach towel? Back then it's young hyena, a growl instead of sm a smile. Gotta have alligator skin in this concrete jungle. What they clutching? They clutching long guns, tall as Mutombo. Sinister mobbish up temple slaps, that's what I'm on. Lobbing the pull up in a granada, hanging out the dome. Corner the market, getting our product, flipping my multiplications. Moving around in the traffic, making my presence known across the nation. That's the persona of a block. Boy with a destination, stand out the way so I don't get off up in the white. Free guy, 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 That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California. Although I will say today, I was in our office at MacArthur Park because my daughter got obsessed with the idea of buying a bootleg DVD. So I bought for $2 on MacArthur Park a bootleg copy of Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, Ryan Johnson, if you're listening, my apologies. I owe you $2. Our show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson. Our producers are Jesus Ambrosio and Richard Roby. Our production fellows at Maximum Fun are Tabitha Myers and Brianna Paz. We get help booking from Merritt Davis. Our interstitial music is by DJW, a.k.a. Dan Wally. Our theme song is Huddle Formation by the band The Go Team. Thanks to The Go Team. Thanks to their label, Memphis Industries. Bullseye is on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. You can follow us in any of those places. We will share our interviews with you. And we do hope that if you heard something you enjoyed on this week's show, you'll share it with somebody. I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. 